hello everyone and welcome to the Glad Podcast. I'm Lauren Romo. With me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. Yo, yo, yo. What up, cuz? Oh man, this is great. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's been a minute for us. A long time. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Uh obviously we have been trying to figure out what how we want to handle. Uh, as many other podcasters and influencers, which we don't consider ourselves influencers at all. I want to be clear on that. Yeah, I definitely do not want to be (laughs) responsibility of influencing anybody or thinking that I am capable of doing that. Yeah, that's that's a scary thought, first of all, but that's a whole different podcast. Which we could do, maybe. Yeah, it's just us. It's just just us. talk about Star Wars. But we also want to respect... And we do respect and we do want to show our like solidarity with the writer strike and the SAG after strike. We believe that they should be paid fairly, both both uh both teams, SAG and uh WGA. So we have we have chosen not to talk about future shows uh until the strike is over. So we, I just want to be that, make that perfectly clear. So we know there's a show that's coming out. We are fully aware. We talked about it before the strike happened, and we are excited. We are. We we have made no bones about that when we have talked about it previously. We did a reaction to a again trailer for said show that we have not released yet because again we are showing and our solidarity for. As much as our voices and the platform that we have, we want to show our solidarity. So we are not releasing that uh, at this time. Could we do it later on after the strike? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, But moving forward, we are still going to talk about Star Wars. Okay. But we're not going to, again, talk about future projects or anything like that. We are really going to stick to, which I think, Andrea, in my opinion, which we have done is that we talk about characters. Yeah, we talk absolutely. about books, we nice talk about comics. breakdown. Yeah. So we were not not much is going to change for us in that respect, but we are going to try to be as careful as we can. Again, things change every day with um rules and like what is allowed and not allowed. I do know that animation is allowed. So we can talk about that stuff. So we can talk about Rebels. We can talk about Clone Wars. But again, we we are going to be, again, everybody, if you talk to any podcaster, they're doing, every, things are different based on their situation, right? So if you are a fan of a lot of other shows, like we are, I mean, we're fans of a lot of other podcasters. Just, you know, as as a fan of them, just, you know, respect what they want to do. And just, you know, appreciate that they're trying to do what they feel is right for them. You know, some some don't want to, you know, some are going to freely talk about that show openly. And that's fine. We, again, we have chosen not to. So once the, you know, and hopefully the strike will um, come to, you know, come to a close with great results for WGA and SAG. Uh yeah, then we'll talk about it. We're gonna talk about that show that's coming out. Uh in literally 
the day we're recording in like three days. <laughs> well, technically, I don't even want to say that, but yeah, I mean, technically a little bit sooner, but anyway, long story short, kids, we, we are doing this, how we feel, what, how we feel we can show our support. So as part of that, obviously this recording of this podcast was written, it was, uh, Recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes. And without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the series, movies, etc. Uh, wouldn't exist. We couldn't be covering them without uh, without them. So again, support, support, support. I'll have links to the fund that uh, people can donate if they're willing to. I will have that in the uh, description below as well. So I just wanted to get that out out of the way first. Uh, Andrea, anything you want to add at all to what we uh, what we're doing? No, um, I think it's important for us to respect the um, like the ideology of this strike and mm -hmm. and what we need to do. Um, the the executive that I guess we are. Uh, closest to as Star Wars fans said some pretty nasty things so um, it's pretty frustrating to be a Star Wars fan and a Disney fan right now um, we want these writers and actors to get paid appropriately um, now and in the future so um, we will continue to support well said what have well you said. been doing during this time because I've barely even Star Wars during this time just because I'm trying to like separate myself from it. And I've just like, right. It's hard. What have you been doing? It's yeah, it is hard. Cause I mean, it is like you kind of said, it's, it is frustrating because you want to, you know, you want to show your support. Right. And this is how we feel we can do, do our thing. Um, but there is kind of a little bit of a, uh, like a bad taste now with it in a way. So it, yeah, it's, it's been weird. Um, but I've been, I've been playing Fortnite a lot still. Yeah. Cause I love that game. <laughs> it's so dumb fun. Uh, I've been doing that. And then I've watched like here and there, some, uh, rebels episodes, but not like a full, uh, watch along. Or a full like uh, watch through yet? Um, hell yeah, I, I haven't really been Star Warsing that much either. But I, I mean, I'm as we talked about, we're excited for future stuff from this franchise for sure. I think once that comes out, and then I, I, I mean, I'm going to Disney World in like twenty some days. Nice. I'm building a lightsaber, probably going to build a droid. I'm excited. Nice. And that will get me pumped probably for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that, you know, these writers and actors, and I know there's that whole, you know, kind of thing of like, well, you know, all these actors make a lot of money. No, they don't do. That's like the one or 2%. That's like the Robert Downey Jr.'s and like the Brad Pitt's and the, Brad you know, Pitt's. Yeah, I mean, it's all, yeah, they make a lot of money. But all those other actors, actors that do a lot of, like, TV shows or, any, like, yeah, man. No, they don't make a lot of money. If you watch a lot of, and, you know, if you follow or um, some of the people that share, like, their residual checks of, like, a penny or, like, three bucks. Like, it's insane. 
So yeah, it's yeah, it, it's put like this whole thing put a little kind of damper on things, but um, I'm glad we're back doing this because we can still. There's so much to talk about still in Star Wars, right? I mean, there is just a lot books, oh, yeah. which books. we're gonna we're gonna talk about um, the Ahsoka novel today. Again, a lot of animation stuff that you and I love that comes out of Star Wars. I mean, comics. There's still a lot, a lot to talk about, a lot to look forward to, and even in those areas like books and comics and things like that. So, we will not, never, not have if that's a correct grammar or whatnot. But there's so much content in Star Wars. There's so much content, so there will never be a moment where we don't have something to talk about. And that's a good feeling to have, though, too. You know, so we're not relying on movies at all. Right. Our shows. Right. Right. We there's just there's just so much, which is good, which is a good problem to have. So. So speaking of all that, we're going to have a uh, continue our discussion on the character of Ahsoka as uh, as we were doing before we took a, a little break to try to see what we wanted to do uh, with the uh, during the strike. But before we get into our next little segment or uh, era of that character, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are a Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. All right, Ange. Onward, forward. With Ahsoka the character. So we talked about uh, our introduction to the character and how we were introduced, you know, in our story. We talked about her during the whole Clone War era. So now we're at the point where it is post-Clone Wars and we're into the Rebels era, Mandoverse era. But I want to start, obviously, with basically kind of where the Clone War era ended and where her new chapter began. And there's two things that we uh, that we have, basically, kind of in that time frame. There is the uh, a novel, Ahsoka, written by E.K. Johnson, that came out, I believe, in like 2000 and... Let me get the right date here. That came out in October of 2016. So with that novel, that was the first, one of the very first novels, I think, um, post-Disney era that was like considered canon. And that was actually, and I, I, we talked about this before because we did a whole, we did a whole major breakdown of this novel. So kids in a, uh, in a previous episode, so we're not going to go deep into it. Don't go back and listen to that episode though. <laughs> It might be a little rough audio, but it's we a little rough around the edges. But we it was a good discussion though. It was sound a really... like I'm on crack. <laughs> I listened to it. <laughs> I was like, wow. It was a good but we had a lot of we it was a good discussion though, because I think we had a lot yeah, of really Yeah, it really was. It was. Yeah. So again, we that that's back there if you wanna if you wanna go back and listen to us again. Mm-hmm. Uh pre pre like us upgrading our equipment. But regardless. Um, so we're not going to like dive deep into that, but that book, um, as I talked about during that time and I've mentioned before, that was my first Star Wars novel I read and it is still one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. hands down. It was like one of the first couple I read. 
it's a great it's a great book again go go listen to our breakdown it it's a great book it really is there's a lot of cool stuff in it a lot of um connecting the dots and things like that and it's just a good story overall my favorite part about that book is the little interludes and yes the, yes um, you get a little bit of experience with obi-wan um and then you also get ahsoka's thought process around what might have happened to anakin oh and i love that oh yeah she's not aware of darth vader yet so it is um it's a great deep dive into the psyche of ahsoka after order 66 and after leaving the jedi order and trying to figure out what she is going to do or how how she can get around in this galaxy and be in the galaxy so um it's a ya book um so it's not that difficult to read you know it's it it's very i like it i mean i know some people have issues with ek johnson's writing but whatever um i think it's outstanding i think it's a great book um and it was one of the first couple star wars books i read once we got into podcasting it's great yeah it's it's up there like it's up there as one of my favorite novels like because a the the character itself is one of my favorites so i think ek did a really good job of showing like you were talking about those interludes of her thought process during the the whole era again how anakin was always on her mind like it was just it was a fascinating book and again it's still one of my favorites but yeah again we do a whole bigger deep dive in a previous episode go check it out but then recently we got the Tales of the Jedi uh, that Dave Filoni um, did. And these are short little um, episodes of some characters. Uh, and there is this, the season that we got had um, Count Dooku, which was really fascinating. Highly recommend. Really good stuff. And then it was Ahsoka. So... I want to talk about there. There's three episodes of her. Um, you know, the first two were her obviously as a very, very young, young, like baby, like basically newborn and her journey with her mom into the, uh, into like the jungle and how she survived after a like animal, like a lion kind of like huge, uh, awesome space tiger. Yeah. This huge, awesome space tiger. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much is a good description. How it, it took Ahsoka, but then Ahsoka was able to connect with it. And she rode that huge tiger back to the village, which was an amazing shot. But you got, again, that that was like kind of the first episode. The second one was her learning from Anakin how to survive and how her training saved her uh, during Order 66, uh, during the Clone Wars when um rex and you know all those other clone troopers turned on her for a hot minute until she got rex to come back so again that was good stuff but the third one is where i kind of want to start Ange, because it it's kind of the prelude to the book but also is the book in a little bit of in in many ways yeah it has a lot of um situations that happen in the book in this short little episode keep going i want to see where you're going with well yeah no so i i i we'll talk about the differences and maybe you know 
we'll get there. How'd you but, feel when you first watched it? Let's go there. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, starting there, I loved it. Like, I loved, especially the very beginning of that episode is when she, you find out she was at Padme's funeral. Right. That was huge to me. And I feel like and the as animation around that, oh, yeah. the animation around that was outstanding. The vibe, the cinematography, the everything. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was literally you were back in that scene from the movie. Oh, it was so good. In a different perspective. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And it's such a great character moment because I feel like, yeah, she would have been there. I, I, yeah, I she would be there because of how close she was to Padme. And she knew how much Padme meant to Anakin. And she didn't know what was going on with Anakin at the time. She didn't know if he survived, if he was dead so like that funeral her going there and her and then Bale noticing her I, I love that so good oh it, it, it's what again that's such a great part of of, of that episode and that makes sense though I mean get your answer get your thoughts Ange right she would be there like that makes total sense that she would go and visit and like be at that funeral yeah I a hundred percent agree that she would be there um and but i because she was a you know a part of order 66 on a shuttle when it all happened surrounded by clones she knows the danger of what it is to be a jedi now but the emotional um connection that just like you said that she had with padme and anakin um, just far outweighs any of that, and she knows how to be stealthy and, and get around. So sh she went to Naboo to pay her respects, and, you know, it also puts you in a really good setting of how dangerous it is to be a Jedi at, at that time and how dangerous it, it is not to be a part of the Empire as well, too, as you can kind of see uh, Bale go through that also talking to those troopers so it's just like it's like a little five minute perfect perfect yeah no it, it's it was such a great again it was such a great add-on to again a moment that we have been familiar with that funeral scene right but just to give a little more context to it you know to to say that yeah she was there but i was like wait 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 hang on a minute because <laughs> yeah, in the book uh, she runs into Bale later and he gives her the calm. So like him giving him her the calm early, I was like, wait, wait, wait. So, um, that's kind of like how I felt through this whole episode. There were things that were super appropriate and I liked the way that they were displayed, but they, they just kind of contradicted a little bit of what happened in the book. And I was like, uh, it takes me a minute to get over that. And we've talked about that a lot before because as fans, we read these novels because they're supposed to add to the story. And when we read them and then new content comes out and those stories somewhat change or seem to be ignored, it's frustrating. Um, so that's so then that's like when I got to the moment, I was like, this is weird. No, I I. I and I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. So if you read the book, then you right the the chain of events 
were a little bit um, kind of shuffled in this Tales of the Jedi. And that's not taken away from, I think, the the major theme and the major kind of um, I- ideas that the book presented. But it does change it. It, it does. Because like you said, well, first of all, we in the book, you know, basically she was she was on the run for a long time. And like you're saying, she didn't meet Bail for until way past that. You know, obviously in the book, she's not at the funeral. We don't know that she went to the funeral. Right. Which I don't that I like. Like, I like how that's added. But right. Then the chain of, of events from their kind of forward change. I mean, even the in the beginning of the book, we we hear about her capturing Maul. And that's even slightly different than what we get in Clone Wars. Again, not, that's not, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but like you're saying, it does, when you read these materials and then other material comes out to kind of change it from a certain point of view, right? To show like this is kind of how it actually went. Or again, it's just a, a version of that event went this way you know so i mean and a bigger thing is that once we get to see her in this episode on that farm again the the characters who she talks to are vastly different than who we got in the book right so again that i was like okay that again that was kind of tough, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's the tougher part for me. Yeah, go ahead. What do you... The, yeah. When Ahsoka was Ashla, right? She was in hiding, and she was known as Ashla um, to this group of people, the the Farties. And um, why can't I think of the character's name right now? I'm so mad. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, you kind of got this feeling that there was this undertone of um, like romantic interest between this this girl and and ahsoka not you know and it even gets addressed like in the book and it was so like refreshing to read one as a lesbian to um feel that kind of interaction and experience that kind of interaction um and then to uh you know know that we were now putting LGBTQ characters in Star Wars novels um, and that their psyche was being um, very like forward to us that we were reading. And then to watch the Tales of the Jedi episode and that's not what you get, right? And it was like that that was one of the most important parts of this character is who she was, not just that she interacted with Ahsoka, but who she was and her feelings towards Ahsoka. And then to take that out seemed like uh, some of the writers or whoever was kind of hiding from um, being inclusive to different types of of people. So it, it was frustrating. Why can't I think of that? character's name i so, gotcha so i have it as it was um there's two was it two i don't know if they were sisters but yeah K- they were sisters Kadeen and mira uh mira m-i-a-r-a mm-hmm. um those were the two and i think it was mira that was the one uh that kind of had a again yeah a little bit of a 
a love romantic interest, interest. Yeah, in, in Ahsoka. And again, it wasn't like flat out, like in it wasn't flat out said, but like how EK kind of wrote that in the book was really well done, I feel like. Yeah. Like it was beautiful. And you go to Tales of the Jedi and then it's just a a brother sister yeah thing which again hey whatever but the characters too i think were of different um ethnicity and culture that too yeah so and again it was two sisters um yeah it, that that was probably for me that was the most jarring thing that was maybe changed and again not not like i didn't enjoy that episode but Again, if you had read the novel, you were like, huh. Now, if you didn't read the novel, you were probably like, oh, okay, that you would have not have known. But so is the way of reading books and watching films. Yes. Like, honestly, yes, yes, it just is. Like, right. all of a sudden, you're like, I'm reading The Hobbit and watching The Hobbit. For some odd reason, I never watched The Hobbit, which is weird to me, but I'm watching The Hobbit. And reading The Hobbit at the same solid time. Movies. Solid movies. Dude, I, I, super solid. I love Super them. solid. Like, so them. good. They're I'm, evil. like, I way into this Lord of the Rings crap right now. Love but it. I was, like, there's something that happened in the movie. And I was, like, huh? Like, that didn't even come close to happening in, in the book. And it, that's, like, a major part. And you're going to put that in there? You're going to be disrespectful to the author of the creator of this? And you're going to just make your own story? Tolkien would be rolling Tolkien in. Would, Tolkien and his son would be pissed. So it's just like it takes a minute to to get used to that kind of stuff. A hundred percent. And I mean, honestly, if you really want a good story, read a damn book. That's it. And it, and again, it doesn't take away that story that was told in that book, right? Like they're not saying, "Hey, don't read that book." Exactly. This is just Dave saying, "Hey." This is my way of putting this right. in this medium to move a story along quickly exactly. and capture audiences, and I guess. And it's not, yeah. And I, and again, I don't feel like he is like, and I know a lot of people had some things and opinions regarding those episodes. And I, rightfully so, like we're saying, it was a big change. It was a big, big change. But, you know, for I, I think what bothered me as well, though, was the discourse and how people were like, oh, Dave, this, Dave, that now all of a sudden. Right. And I was like, God, in one moment, no. he's an ally and the other moment he's the enemy. Like, it's right. Come on, guys. Right. He's always been an ally. I mean, he has been he has said so much showing his allyship. Right. Again, it was just how he wanted to tell the story, just like you said, Ange, in that short amount of time. Right? In that short amount of time, this is like, okay, this is kind of what I want to say. And it was basically the 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 novel very compacted, right? And again, changed for sure in in some in certain like detailed aspects. But the overall novel is kind of what that story was, right? She was hiding. She got, you know, found out that she was a Jedi. And then Inquisitors came to look for her, right? Again, that's a very, like, you know, um, simplification of the story. 
but it's it's the gist of it. And that's what I think the point of the Tales of the Jedi was. It's telling the gist of that story. And I did, again, I didn't mind it. I like again, I liked I liked the animation. I mean that final um inquisitor that I don't think we even have a name for him, but he looked cool. The the fight of her just stopping it and like it looked yeah. great. It looked great. And again, yeah. Again, if you are a huge fan of that novel like we are, yeah, maybe some of that, some of the details and whatnot may have been jarring to to like kind of accept and maybe process. But that doesn't take away the from the book. I think that's the bottom line for me. I mean, your thoughts, Ange, like overall, how did you feel? Like, was it kind of again, to me, it did tell that story, but it just in a very simplistic way. Yeah, it told that story. If you wanted to know what happened to Ahsoka in between Order 66 and Rebels, you got it. If you want more detail of some of the different events and transgressions she went through, read the book. Um, it's Kadeen that was the one that had It was Kadeen. And, okay. And, and Mira, Mira was, was the sister that was, was felt weird about Ahsoka. So, okay. Um, All right. It's Kadeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... When I go back and I watch it now, like what stands out to me is the the funeral and the the fight with the Inquisitor, right? Um, right. You know, and everything in between. Then I kind of just like the books version of it better. So that's just what I do. I guess I compartmentalize a fifteen minute episode, right. but you, sometimes you have to. Um, exactly. And it and it gives it gives the point. Right. That you kind of don't get too much in the book that some of those people, some of those settlers um, don't are willing to have the Empire occupy their places and um, think that they're going to be at an advantage if they allow the Empire to be. Um, on their planet and using their resources in the book it really shows the devastation of what happens when the empire comes to their lands and everyone is against it so um it was kind of good to get a different perspective of um people in the galaxy that aren't all about the rebellion and do like law and order so um, that was that was kind of nice. So it was good to throw that character, the the brother, in to be able to show that perspective. Yeah, and again, just well said, Ange, because the book does go into that again that idea of the whole village is against this whole situation. You don't get that kind of flip side of somebody in the village saying, "You know what." No, this is actually good for us. I'm gonna turn this person in. <laughs> right. Exactly though. Like I got a Jedi. I this is good for us. Right? Like that's and you see that though in I think recent things that have come out. Again, I, I wanna be careful of how you know I word this or whatnot, but recent content that is on certain streaming has kind of dived into that ideological thinking of people agreeing that this is a good thing. We are kind of seeing that a little bit. Um, 
I think in recent content that that um that is being uh put out. And I like that. Like you're saying, it should be like give and take. Like these people, you know, there's certain people that believe in it, certain people that don't believe in the empire. Because that's the way of the world, right? Like that that's our I mean, talk about real life, right? Art imitating life. That is throughout history in any culture, any society, right? There are people that believe in one thing. There are people that believe in the other and in another way of thinking. So it makes sense to show that in Star Wars. Again, Empire versus Republic. Like, it just makes sense. That I did like. I liked that part of it. Um, again, you, I like that we get how Ahsoka gets back into the game. Yeah, in the novel completely, because then you kind of get her going on mercy missions for Bale and you kind of get that um, experience of her becoming a fulcrum. Exactly. And I like how, again, this in this short little tale. You kind of see, yeah, OK, it was Bale that brought her back. That's how she gets back into the fold. That's how she gets you know why she shows up in rebels she's fulcrum so again like you're saying if you if you wanted just to kind of get a real quick like okay ahsoka was there she was there and now that's how she gets from a to b to c or whatever right if you want grave detail of what happened between like b and c or whatever right like you said earlier andrea read the novel because it does go into great i think a, a great story of how she survived right going from place to place a little bit. And then again, how she ends up becoming Fulcrum and what drives her, right? Is kind of, again, what the Tales of the Jedi kind of pointed at too, of her still being a Jedi, even though she doesn't consider herself a Jedi, right? But she has always had that innate feeling of wanting to help and save people. Like a Jedi does, right? So seeing that kind of play out in the show, in this, again, in this short little um, Tales of the Jedi episode, made sense. And then you get it even in graver detail in the book of, again, she wants to help these people in this village. She tries to help them escape. She tries to, you know, she, you know, she does this and that. She helps them try to, like, overthrow the Empire in the book, right? She tries, she literally is... The reason why these people kind of, instead of just talking about it, she brings them together and and has action to do that. And they're not just sitting back and letting the Empire take over. They decide to get into the fight, right? She literally starts a rebellion in, all, in, in the novel. She basically is a part of a rebellion, even though that's not kind of what it's called maybe or that's a very early concept right of people in a in a system in a planet trying to revolt against the empire that's new right i mean that was kind of new in the book it's not called a rebellion it's just people coming together to fight against the empire and again that's kind of you get that again very small kind of um idea of her wanting to to do that right that's the calling that's what she was born to do, is to help people and to protect the people that needed protecting, hands down. And that's the 
essence of Ahsoka for me. And anything else you want to kind of bring up with this era, Tales of the Jedi slash novel? What else you got? The one thing I would have liked to see in Tales of the Jedi is the so the battle with the Inquisitor in the book. Um, maybe I'm. Am I wrong? Didn't she take the lightsaber apart and create it back and it came back as a white one? Or am I wrong? Oh, I'd have to read. I'd have to go back to read that. I can't remember that. Maybe. Because I felt like in the moment it came familiar. apart and she put it together and then it was the white blades. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I'd have to read. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd, I'd have, have to reread read it. it. Yeah. But yeah. what I know was in Tales of the Jedi, that's not what happens. She breaks it in half. She takes one half. She defeats the Inquisitor. But I feel like there was this part in the book where it's you could like see the the mental part of putting the lightsaber back together. But whatever. Because um, I remember when Tales of the Jedi was coming out and um, my nephew was like, how does Ahsoka get her white lightsabers? And I was like, oh, don't wait. You'll see. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> I was like, dang. Well, now you got to read the book because the book <laughs> goes into book. that. Right. It goes into that detail. Like if you're wondering how she got those cool white blades, part of it is she defeats this um, Inquisitor. She takes the crystals. Yeah. She bleeds them back mm -hmm. and they become pure white. And she uses yeah. as her um, as her lightsabers. And I think she even uses, if I'm again, correct me if I'm wrong in this one too. I think the parts she used to build her lightsabers is from the like broken Inquisitor stuff, or I yeah, could, right. I, I could be wrong on that, but I thought it was like the broken parts she like formed her new hilts, basically, which are bad. Again, her lightsabers are probably top three for me, maybe even one. They are number one. Yeah, the, I they're love. So they're clean, clean. Especially when we get into the Mando stuff, which we will in a little bit here. Um, but any anything else, Ange, in that era you want to bring up between Tales of the Jedi, Ahsoka novel? Yeah. What else? Okay. You got? What else? Yes, you got? it says here. Blah blah blah. Hang on. Which lightsabers curved Tales Jedi Order? Blah blah blah. Tano obtained the kyber crystals used in these lightsabers one year after the end of Clone Wars, retrieving them from the lightsaber of the sixth brother. There you go. An inquisitor okay. she killed during the Imperial occupation on Rada. Though the crystals originally emitted a red blade, she purified them with the force, turning them white. The hilts of the lightsabers were originally created from pieces of scrap metal that Tano had acquired over the years since the fall of the Republic but were later modified to be more functional and decorative. She first used the lightsabers in battle on Rada just after she had constructed them, rescuing her friend Kadine Larte and covering the escape of the population of Rada. Okay, so yeah, she had she, them in, in the, the book, book. She put them she together. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So that's when you first get the, right, this is the first uh, mentions of the sabers are in the novel which yep. again yeah i, I kind of what you're to go back and what you're saying Ange, i wish they would have showed that but again short amount of time as much as dave probably wanted to tell that story right i, I mean he's a storyteller he wants you know like he he would love to probably tell that tale right i i'm okay with hey you know what read the book Read the book because you know how she does it. That's a, that's a 
way like I don't think you could really put that in it. Well, I mean, you can, but like in the book, it's just so cool. It is. And it's almost like then Dave Filoni respects the way E.K. Johnston wrote it because he doesn't have to point. show it or change it. It's It's been written. It's known. If you want to know how, read the book. Yeah, exactly. I Yeah, I, and I respect that a lot. So, again, maybe we'll find out uh, in future stuff. Who knows uh, if that changes or not. But, yeah, I love those white blades. They are amazing. I like the process of kind of purifying them. We've talked about that before, about how the Siths, you know, bleed it to turn the crystal red. And now it's just cool. Again, we find out through this book and through Ahsoka that you can purify, you can re kind of purify a, a crystal back, you know, and that even harkens kind of super side, but like that harkens to, um, Anus, um, uh, was it on Anus song from yeah, volume? Yeah. From visions volume two, but her, how she purifies the crystals. That's still, that's one of my favorite, um, episodes, uh, in volume two. But yeah, I love I love that idea of purifying. I love it, love it, love it. So let's move on. So now we kind of have a okay. This is where she's been, right? Post Clone Wars, she gets recruited, right? She was on the run, like hiding. She gets recruited by Bail again to get back into the fold, and she becomes Fulcrum, right? Now, if you're a fan, the last time at the point that Rebels had started. Right? The last time we saw Ahsoka, she left a Jedi Order. Right? The novel was the first, like, post-Clone Wars thing at the time that we had any answers to any questions. Right? So heading into Rebels, if you hadn't read the, if you hadn't read the book, which some might have not, you know, again, Andrew, I don't know, at the time, I don't know if you read the novel, uh, when Star Wars, when Rebels came out, have you read Ahsoka at that time? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you were kind of aware of what, like her, where she was, like in her story. So in season two of Rebels, she, well, at the end of season one, that's when she appears and we um, know that she is Fulc- like she is Fulcrum, the character that Hera has been talking to in season one. How fun was that? I want to start there. A, yeah, how fun. Two, or B, did you know that was Ahsoka? Have you any idea? Were you surprised? Remember, I kept asking you. And I wouldn't tell you. And I said, who is the fulcrum? Tell me, Lauren. And you said, no. And then days later, I was like, whoa, it's Ahsoka. Holy crap. It was huge, right? That's a huge huge thing. That's a huge moment. Uh, if you're watching Rebels and then she just, you know, goes down, comes down that ladder and she and says, my sweet. name's Ahsoka Tano. Her outfit's banging. I love it. She the looks sabers. like a boss. Love she looks it. grown up. She's yep. matured. She, her lekus look awesome. So good. It was great to see her back. And again, for Clone Wars fans... This is the first time we see her. And it, again, it's Ashley, um, Ashley Eckstein that does the voice. The first time we see her in how many years? If you if you if you watch Clone Wars from beginning to end before it came back and season five was, you know, the last the last time you see her. And this is 
years past that. So now you 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 learn that she survived. You learn that she's part of like this uh, rebellion. Like, you know, it's insane. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. So then to add to the, you know, the just, again, mind blowing Ahsoka stuff. Season two starts and you, your, your boy Vader is Man. in there. And then you add Ahsoka. Man. Those first two episodes in season two. Wow. Wow. And then again, to have that moment at the end of, of episode two of season two, where she connects and she and she feels something, she doesn't know what it is yet, though, right? That's yeah. That's the beauty of that moment. And that's just kind of where I want to start with the rebel stuff, is that the you you learn quickly. She learns quickly that, oh God, this guy might like something's going on. This dude, this Sith Lord, there's something, something, something's going on, right? There's a connection that she made and then something happened. And then her whole journey through season two, again, you, we don't get her a ton in season two in retrospect, as much as like when I think of Rebels season two, I'm like, oh yeah, Ahsoka. She's not in that a lot. I mean, she's in it, but she's not in it as much as I think I, re as I remember, <laughs> but that when you put those two characters, Vader, who again is Anakin, I will again I will always refer as Darth Vader as, as Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen believes they're the same two. I I go with the man himself. But to know as a fan that those two characters are finally coming full circle, into knowing how each other either survived or or you know that they actually did survive. Because the last time we see a uh, Vader, well, in Clone Wars, you see Vader at the very end pick up that saber from the planet that they crashed on. So you don't, he doesn't know if she survived. And then years later, they come across, their paths cross, and he knows it's her. And I think, and this is, I, I don't know, and Andrea, this is where I kind of want to start with. Do you think she knew it was Anakin right away or just something was up when that first connection that they made during the, the in that um, season opener? Um, I think she, yeah, like felt his presence, um, Anakin's presence. Um, but like it, it took her out, like literally, like she like passed out. It, like, I don't blew, think it, it was... blew her mind so much that like, right. Right. I don't think it was till they went to that Jedi temple and conversed with Yoda and she had that vision. Did she then come to terms with that Anakin, her master has turned to the dark side and has become this great evil Ooh. known as Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, that is that I, if you wanted deep. to That's really deep. get into the psyche of Ahsoka and, and how she was feeling during this entire time in between Order 66 and now that episode is outstanding. Yes, that that episode when they go back to the Lothal Temple in Rebels is peak. Well, first of all, peak stuff. Number one. Number two. Her character. Right. That's a big shift. Because I, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you where I think it's that moment that I think she's maybe coming to terms or, or knows, but doesn't want to admit 
that that could be him. But that moment, I think, solidifies it for her. In that, like, yeah, okay, crap, that that is him. That's Anakin. That that is my old master doing this terrible stuff. Because she during during Rebel season two, when when we don't see her, what we're led to believe, in my um in my opinion, and I, I think Andrea, I'll get your thoughts too, is that she was kind of basically doing research on finding out who this guy was because of the interaction she had in that opener. And I think it all kind of came down again, like you're saying, at that point in season um in season two when she went to the temple solidified it for her right solidifies that yeah man dude that guy dressed all in black with the helmet crap man that's anakin but i think she felt even i think even that moment still to me though Ange, i still feel like she fought against it right oh yeah and a lot of like her inner turmoil of leaving the jedi order and if she didn't leave would this have happened anakin comes out in that as well so um and then and then to just move into um them going to malachor and then what happens it's it's crazy yeah uh even before they get to malachor we see her in action and this is one of my favorite moments again in all of this franchise is when Ezra is trying to save that um force sensitive child and the two inquisitors was I can't remember the the um the brother and sister's names but two inquisitors in that season they were you know after Ezra and they were right on him and then that this door opens and that music swells of Ahsoka's theme. Yeah. And she just walks out, white blades locked and loaded. And it was just amazing. Like, I'm like, just thinking about it just gets me emotional because it was such a great moment. Like, that was like, oh, dude, she's back. And then how she took out those two Inquisitors by herself was amazing. I mean, she did a whole, and again, Connecting the tales of the Jedi to that moment, she stopped the Inquisitor's blade at that time, very similar to how she stopped the um, the female Inquisitor's blade in that episode. Yeah, it was she, the seventh sister. Seventh sister. She just and stopped fifth it. Fifth brother. Seventh sister, fifth brother. She just stopped it and turned off, and then she just, you know, kicked her butt. Oh, it's one of my favorite moments, uh, again, uh, of all time. And just like that moment of her of her telling Ezra, like, you know, get out of here. And she like gives him a little wink, like, I got this. Like, I just I love it. It's <laughs> just such a great, great, great moment. Any thoughts on that, uh, Ange, before we go to the Malachor stuff, which is obviously the big the big stuff. Yeah. It was great for her to come back and to have her be a badass, like how you imagined. Because remember, like up until this point, you didn't get to see the Siege of Mandalore yet. It wasn't created. So exactly the last time you saw Ahsoka before this moment was her just leaving the Jedi order. Um, and then, so to see her come back full fledged, full force, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, just full, like I'm still awesome. I, I still kick major ass. Like I'm, I am who I am. I am Anakin Skywalker's bad one. Right. Like I am that, I am that person. Like I can, 
kick major ass. Like it's so good. It's so, so good. But yeah, we move on to, again, I think one of the most talked about, I think within the star Wars fandom, the most essential. Oh yeah. I, I think this is outside of, again, maybe, you know, the movies and everything, even live action, this moment, twilight of the apprentice whew, is some of the best. 60 minutes of, you know, 40, 40 minutes of whatever of Star Wars, anything, anything. I was rewatching. I watched this a lot, actually, but I was just rewatching it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And the banter between Ahsoka and Maul. Oh, is so. Lady Tano will never not be my favorite. (laughs) It's so good. Running away again, Lady Tano. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And then again, even at that moment, we didn't know that fight. I know. At the end of Clo- at the um in Clone Wars season seven. And that gives again, it's so fun to get like see that moment, it still be impactful, but then you add context, right? You add those Clone Wars season seven moments of her and Maul. Oh, it just gives so much more credence to those to to moments like this. So but good. again, it makes Twilight of the Apprentice so significant in all of Star Wars, right? Because she finally realizes, again, I think as much as she fought it, she realizes that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Right? I mean, talk about just, again, if you watch Clone Wars, you know these two, you know this moment his mask half cut off. She sees his face. She hears hear his, his voice. voice. I mean, it is some of the most emotional, but like gut wrenching, but so poetic Star Wars anything, you know. And he says, you know, and you know that he basically, you know, Vader says, "I, you know, I killed Anakin Skywalker," and she says, "I will avenge him." And then his line of that is not the Jedi way. And she's saying, I am no Jedi. I am no Jedi. It's still one of the most badass lines, deliveries of all time. And then the fight, the fight itself was amazing. Right. And then mix in also what else is happening between Kanan and Ezra? Like Kanan's blind now. Like it's blind. Ezra doesn't even know what happened. Maul like turned on them. Maul's out of here. Maul's gone. Like, you know, they opened up this freaking Sith holocron. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, it is is such good Star Wars. Such good Star Wars. It's one of the best. It is. I mean, and again, it's an essential moment in her character. Right. So, I mean, we end, we end, that's the last, again, at this point, at this point, we have no idea because what we see at that moment is that the, the temples look kind of like closing down. She's still fighting Vader. She pushes Ezra away. And that, I mean, we don't know, right? Ahsoka lives question mark is the most quintessential shirt ever made. We don't know, but what's what will always bother me about the end of that episode is her then walking back into the very quick shot, right? Of her right. walking in the cave. There's more eye, like all that stuff. They're like, so she lived, but then to know that later it was like 
her the way she got out was because of the world between worlds and Ezra. I feel like they never should have showed that shot of her walking. I feel like you just should have thought that she got smashed because, but then when you get to see later in season four, it makes sense. Um, And of course, like I wasn't watching it, I guess in premiere time or anything like that. I was watching it later on. So I knew Ahsoka lived, but to watch it in premiere time and to think that Ahsoka did not live um, but you know Vader lives because you saw him walk off. It was really interesting. And you know Vader lives because we know he's still around yeah. years later. Yeah, that that I remember that whole Ahsoka lives question mark was such a huge thing going into I can't remember what celebration it was. Maybe it was 17. Was it Orlando? It could have been Orlando. Or it was um, 16 in the UK. I can't remember which one. But the 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 moment of Dave Filoni trolling, which, I, again, you, you got to give credit of him knowing how to read a room and what to do. But he wears a shirt that says Ahsoka Lives question mark. And then they show a clip, I think, of Rebels. Again, I think it was UK 16. Oh, I can't remember. But anyway, but... They show something and then they, you know, they go back to him and his shirt says Ahsoka lives with an exclamation point. Like it was such a like (laughs) moment of, oh, my God, she is really alive. But how? Right. We don't know the how. Until we get to, you know, we go a whole season of Rebels without knowing Ahsoka, like without knowing what happened to Ahsoka. Right. That still is lingering in the background. Until we get to season four, until we get to, again, quintessential Star Wars, in my opinion, World Between Worlds. And you find out, again, Ezra is able to go into this this pocket of, I guess, future, present things that have happened via the Force. Again, I don't call it time traveling. I, I don't know how to describe it, Andrew. How would, how would again, when you talk world between worlds, how do you, like, view it as? You're muted. Sorry, I was muted. <laughs> Podcaster since 2019. <laughs> four years, by the way, four years. Four years. Four years. Um, it's a different dimension that has gateways to different timelines. Is the I way like I that. see it. Okay, I like that. I yeah, that makes sense. So we don't know until that you know that moment. So again, Andrea, you watched this was season four out. Yeah, I think all of Rebels was out by the time you did your re- your first viewing of Rebels. Yeah, I did a straight binge. Straight binge. So again, you get to that this moment of world between worlds. And the moment Ezra pulls her pulls Ahsoka out, you know, and we see that like more of that fight between her and uh, Anakin, and then you the moment he pulls her out, again, walk me through your thoughts as again watching that for the first time later, like you know, again later as um, after the show had already concluded. What, what what were you thinking? prior to that remember we talked about how i did not want time travel or time correction to be introduced in star wars whatsoever yep Yep. ever and you were like okay (laughs) 
Hold on to that question, kid. <laughs> Just Au wait. contraire, you might change your attitude on that. Um, but what's perfect is in that moment of somewhat of a time save or time correction of Ahsoka's death, you also get the lesson of allowing things to happen as they do. Because in that moment, Ezra wants to go back and, and save Kanan, save his master from death. And um, you, he can't because one, it, it jeopardizes everyone it, it takes away the the um sacrifice the sacrifice that that kanan uh was doing so the lesson is taught right of why you don't do that and um but it was necessary in that moment it was the will of the force for ezra to get ahsoka it was not the will of the force for him also to save kanan so it's just awesome because it's like, yeah, let's do this, but let's like tell them like this is not what we're about. We're not about like going into this place and fixing everything. So, um it's just a great episode. Yeah, and again, as Yoda has always said, you know, the force in motion, the future always is. So, but it's also again the will of the force like you just said, right? It was the lesson that he had to learn. And it was a lesson that Ahsoka had to kind of even come to terms with too right because yeah also because of what where she just came Anakin. from right 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 yeah. what she was just going through before she got pulled she had to realize that the person that she loved and cared for right her master just like Can uh ezra and canaan like they're gone there's no you i can't bring him back right via vader anakin because he is way too far gone to the dark side and Kanan, because, again, his sacrifice was the moment that he knew he needed to be, right? That was Kanan's choice. That was Kanan knowing where he had to be, what he had to do in that moment. And I mean, Ahsoka realizing that, right? And Ezra tr having to learn that lesson. What a heavy episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, I Jedi Knight. Yeah, that that is still one of the top ten, again, moments. But again, World Between Worlds. The concept of again not time traveling, but a a an area of where the force kind of resides, right, and where events have occurred, happening or are happening, right. It's not like you're saying it's not like time traveling in the in the sense of like you know End Game or like Back to the Future. It's just Star Wars version of it, but it makes sense. And again, in my opinion, it's closed. I don't think we're going back to it. I think it was just used in that moment for that specific purpose that we talked about, right? Ahsoka had to kind of have to learn that final lesson, right? To teach that final lesson to Ezra as well. So that that's the reason we were there, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, to, to bring Ahsoka back, of course, right? I mean, that's part of it too. But the 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 I the reason that she had to come back, right? is to help Ezra realize that there are moments in Jedi's, you know, lives that choices, sacrifices, choices have to be made. And then look what happens at the end of season exactly. four. Exactly. Or the end of the show. I mean, Full circle. Full circle. So again, don't tell me people don't know how to write these stories because <laughs> they do and y'all should pay them because they are great stories. Great stories. Anything in this era um, during Rebels that you want to talk about with Ahsoka herself? Any other 
Any other thoughts, opinions before we kind of move on to the last era? No. Um, a little bit of unknown, right? After we see her in Rebels. So um, it's going to be interesting. I don't want to talk about the future or any projects or anything like that. But um, there's a lot of opportunity to allow us to discover what happened around that that moment after the world between worlds yeah because again we have no idea like from this from that moment from season four on until we see her in mando season two remember that moment oh so again we again rebels was the last time we see ahsoka right you go to Mando season two, you get Bo-Katan, who we all know knew Ahsoka. You know, obviously fought with Ahsoka. Smacked Shh. Ahsoka on the butt. <laughs> Which is still one of my favorite moments <laughs> of all time. <laughs> that's the first time they met. It's so good. Anyway, that's a Clone Wars reference for y'all kids. You need to go watch it because it's hilarious. Anyway, but in that season two, Ahsoka gets mentioned by Bo. For Din Djarin, you know, to find a Jedi for little Grogu. So then that episode, very anticipated of her, you know, returning. Was not even 10 seconds into the episode and those white blaze ignite and I am hyped as hell when she's just running around that forest mauling people. And it was fantastic. It, it was, was so good. beautiful. And again, we see her back. And again, even as that, even her character at that time is different than when we saw her um, in World Between Worlds and then goes back to Malachor, right? Like, hey, what did, what did she do? That, again, like you said, there's so many questions, but we don't have answers to some of them, but we know that she is, again... At this point in her life, she is trying to find, as we know at the end of that Mando uh, season two episode, she's trying to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, which is huge. Which is huge. What a name huge. drop. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, here you get to see Ahsoka in live action for the first time. And then to hear that she's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, I mean. As Rebels fans, right. Uh, what a time going to be insane. alive in that moment. <laughs> what a time, kids. What a time we are living in because it was it was huge, right? It was, it was huge. huge. So again, but her character at this point is totally different, right? She is on a completely different mission now. Because again, at this point in Mando, right? This is years after the Empire has fallen. She's not a... Fulcrum rebellion, you know, like help the rebellion. That's not her now. She's on a completely different path. And I think that's exciting because now we get to see, okay, what is her journey now? What's her path? What is her destiny? Because it has changed, right? I mean, as we have talked about in these last couple episodes, like, I mean, her from Clone Wars to, again, the end of Order 66. I mean, even in between Clone Wars, like her leaving the Jedi Order. Her trying to, you know, finding herself through the Martez sisters, which we have talked about, which is important. 
and then to get her to where she is, you know, at the end of, of, you know, season four rebels. Yeah. She's been through some stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, she, she just, she finds out that her master is this evil guy that is doing the, you know, the, the will of the dark side. That's some heavy stuff, man, that you gotta, you know, you gotta process. Right. So you see her in this episode and again, it's amazing. The white blades, the outfit, love it. It's so good. Right. It's so, so, so good. So now again, you, you think about, okay, what has she been doing? Had, does, had, does she talk to Luke yet? Right. There's a lot of questions that are still kind of looming right after that season two. But before, before we kind of move on to that though, Ange, anything within that moment of season two of Mando that you want to bring up or just any, again, thoughts of maybe where her character is, her headspace? What do you got? Um, It was outstanding the way they showed the relationship between her and Grogu and her being able to communicate with him the name of, you know, the child becoming Grogu. Um, yes, then, that, that's a good, We she's the one. Yeah. And then, um, to then also talk about how attachment has affected her over um, this this time and, and what it can do to a Force user or a Jedi. So um, it was just a really good episode. It was um, a little jarring, right? Because we're used to hearing Ashley Eckstein's voice. Mm, um, right, it was the first time right. we got to see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, um, but it... it it works, right? It absolutely works. And that's now um, our Ahsoka. The mannerisms, um, the way she stood as Ahsoka, um, you could tell that it was taken very seriously and, and with respect. And the transition from animation to live action, I think, um, was good. So um, it was... It was solid. It was great. And also, I think, was that the first episode Dave Filoni directed for Mando? I think he directed one in season one. But this was like his second, yeah, this was like his second episode, live action episode. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, yeah, I can't remember what episode he did in season one. The Um, fight at the end, very samurai, very just... Kawasawa, all that, yeah. So good. Yeah, I mean, again... The white blades looked amazing. Like, everything just looked clean. And now you have people that have never seen Ahsoka now see Ahsoka. And they're like, Which is is huge. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Like, so, um, it was very pivotal. Pivotal. I can't say that word, but whatever. (laughs) Pivotal? Yeah, thank you. And it got all of us very excited for the future. And again, th- this idea of her, like you're saying, she, she's she been through some stuff. She's one that, you know, is able to communicate with Grogu. We get his name because of her, right? She name drops Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, there's just so much in that episode that happens that's just like, what is going on, right? Because then it just, it opens the floodgates, like you're saying. Well, then what happened to this? What happened to that? Where has she been? How does she do? Like a lot of like, you know, the the 20 questions that fans have. Right. And it's that moment of her just showing up on screen in live action was big because she's been again 
for fans like us that have watched all the animation, it kind of felt, and I don't know if you felt this way too, Ange, but it felt um, vindicated in a way or like rewarded because of her coming to live action and how important she is though, right? We know as fans, we know how important she is. But for, I think, her to come to the live action scene is huge. Yeah, because she's nowhere known in the Star Wars cinematic universe. Nowhere. Not even in the prequels. Like, no mention of her when she showed up in the Clone Wars and people were like, Anakin has a Padawan, what? Right? And kind of believed that that was going to be where she lived in animation. She was so such an amazing character so yeah exactly like you said well deserved coming to live action and being introduced into mainstream star wars or i don't know how you want to say it right right but um i it and we said this before i think on a previous episode it's like when you see a friend that is doing well or like gets the job and force center said this as well you're like yeah I love seeing my friends succeed. Like, that's awesome. So it, that's that's the feeling that us as Clone Wars and Rebels fans feel towards Ahsoka right now. Yeah. No, that, well said. Because, again, it, it's, again, I don't know if vindication is right where, but it's just like, yeah, dude, she, they did it. She She's, she's getting into the bigger picture. Or like you're saying, the, the eyes of the general Star Wars fans right like again like my mom and dad or like anybody in our family that doesn't watch star wars a lot like now they are introduced to this character because she's brought into live action and and you and you mentioned it before too you know again rosario um a lot of people might know the story we've might we've probably talked about it before but like again she was a huge like fan cast thing and you know she they you know, it kind of came full circle. And I agree with you when you said that, you know, the mannerisms and everything like she it's it's not. It's very much homage to who this character was and is right. And it's not taking away anything from Ashley Eckstein or anything like that. I think she in interviews and in things that I have read, I think, again, a lot of respect is shown right for what has come before she has, you know, this character comes into live action. And and it and it and it shows again how much Dave cares and wants to get it right. Because again, it's him and George that created this character of Anakin's Padawan. Right? It's not just Dave, which again, he gets full he gets a lot of credit, which he should, because he's the one that came up with the design of the character and everything like that. Right. And this was something him and George has always talked about, about Anakin having a bad one. And, you know, George was all on board with the idea and again, and all that, but you know, it is, it is Dave's baby, so to speak. Right. It is his idea come to life. So yeah, dude, he's going to like do it justice, you know? And again, a lot of people were criticizing how the Lekus looked and everything like that. Right. So even after that episode of of Mando season two comes out, again, many questions of, okay, well, are we going to see her again? Like, what's what's the deal? <laughs> like, she's literally looking for Thrawn. 
which again, if you watch Rebels, you know is a huge deal, right? So then we moved from like within the Mandoverse is what I was what I'm calling it, and I think what you and I have, and many other people have yeah. called this era. We go to to the Book of Boba Fett, and we get that episode of Mando visiting Grogu after going with Luke, right? And who's there? Ahsoka. Freaking Ahsoka. <laughs> what? What a shock. Huge, right? I mean, yeah. again, we we did we talked about that episode before, right? In, in our previous reviews and all that stuff. But again, for me, the moment it, those that moment in that specific um, episode of that show again, we're again we're trying to be respectful, kids. Um, I think what it what it for me. When you see her, and a her, she looked great. The Luke, uh, it was like a little bit of an upgrade. It feels yeah. like, right? It just, it just a little bit cleaner, right? It was like, it was like when we got Luke in Mando one. The yeah. CGI, it was, it was, it was better. It got better, right? So we 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 dialed it up a little bit for Ahsoka as well. So again, the outfit looked good. Lekus, everything looked great. I think what, and you and I talked about that, you know, before when we talked about this episode or this, you know, this segment of the shows, um, her with Luke was such a moment for, I think, a lot of fans, right? I mean, because this is, this is the son of her master, right? And she is trying to help him restore the order right it's just oh god the and i would and i we've talked about this before i would take a two-hour sit-down chat between those two around the fire talking about anakin do i think we'll get that probably not do i want it of course i want it because i want those moments of like you know when she hears from him right or when somehow you know when he force ghosts her the first time and says you were right right like just letting her realize that it's not on her right because i think as we see since rebels you know uh, since she went through that moment in twilight of the apprentice she does you said it before and she feels that guilt and you, you can tell her character still feels that. That because she left the order, because she left him behind, all this tragedy happened, right? Like all this, all this devastation, all these people, because she, again, it may be in her mindset, she was too weak or, you know, couldn't, couldn't save him or left or basically left her master to, to fall, Right. And then you and I have talked about that before. Maybe it, even if she did stay, does he still fall? I, I I think he does. I really do. I think that I don't think that really changes a lot. Maybe he comes back a lot sooner. I don't know. But like. She you can tell that character feels that guilt. And still weighs on her. 
Because even when she's talking to Luke and, you know, he, she mentions, you know, her, her Anakin and all that. Like, you can just tell she's just, she, her character just feels so sad about what had transpired. I mean, again, it's 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 moments like that. And again, I'll, I'll, your thoughts, Anja, on that whole part of it, of, again, figuring out that she did reach out or they did cross paths, right? They found each other, Luke and Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, you've been talking about that forever. You've always wanted to see that. Um, Luke didn't know his father, and Ahsoka knew him so well um, to be able to, one, tell the story of the way he was, and Luke to be able to tell the story of what happened at the end. So is it needed? Yeah, I think so. I, I still like it in my head canon. Um, if we ever get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. Um, but like you were saying, like you, um, ah, Ahsoka portrays this feeling of loss this entire time, right? You can just see like it weighs heavy on her that that loss, um, and so much that she, you know, warns Mando again about attachment with Grogu and that he shouldn't see him and how it could affect Grogu. So, um, it's it's just really well written well written 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 <laughs> people write these things people pay them accordingly um to it like display um what she is going through and how she's grown and matured as a character as well too so as a fan of ahsoka tano it's just beautiful the journey that she's been on and the journey that the people behind the storytelling of this character are giving us um, access to. So um, it's, it's another, you know, it's, an, it's another just great moment. It's a core memory. <laughs> it's another Ahsoka core memory. No, it really is. I mean, it's a, it's a, and it's Ahsoka core memory. Like you're talking about, like just the moment that she, again, it's, her and freaking Luke Skywalker, man. Like, that's insane to me. Like, and we talked about, we've talked about that tons of times of like, would have never thought that I would ever see those two characters on the same screen at the same time. Never. Talking about Anakin. Never. It's insane that we get that, right? So, and, and again, that the last time we see her um, right now is that episode. She, you know, Luke asked, will I ever see you again? She says, maybe, maybe not, basically. Not quoting the exact line. <laughs> the actual, but, the yeah. Anakin, will I ever see you again? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Really, yeah, yeah that's a that's throwback. That's exactly what I heard when you said it. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a very throwback of Anakin. <laughs> wow, that's that's interesting. Wow. To his mom, yeah. We just, tapped, we just tapped into that one. But, I again... Now it's, we don't know, right? New stories are going to be told. Uh, we will talk about that new chapter in her life eventually. But for now, that was the last time we saw her. And I think it just gives the the notion of how important she is, right? Moving forward, number one. Number two, how pivotal 
and how impactful she is. And, and you've been on this train for a very, very long time of how she is impacting every character she touches. Every character. Yeah. The story of other characters and their interactions with Ahsoka is um, just amplified, you know, when, when they are with her. Um, it's just it's awesome. It's it's amazing. And again, and now she's touching those legendary characters, right? That we that this franchise was built on, right? The Luke Skywalkers of the of of the world. Now we're seeing her her impact on that. And that's insane to think about. Insane to think about that we are in a era where a character that started in animation is coming full circle to now basically be interacting and impacting characters like a Luke Skywalker. That's insane to me. It's insane to think about how much this character has, has just, you know, brought the star Wars fandom and, you know, joy in how much she has given to the star Wars fandom and how much impact she has had. It's, it's amazing to see, and I can't wait. I'm hoping because I believe, if I read, uh, if I read somewhere that she that char- uh the character is now in Disneyland mm. in Bat Two, so I'm wondering if she'll eventually come to Walt Disney World, mm. which would be very very cool. So yeah, I mean, again, uh, kids, that's that's kind of the journey of this character as it stands. A ton, tons of access you have to Ahsoka, right? Um, books, um, some comics, I think. Some she, comics, cartoon, um, cartoons. What the hell's wrong with me? Animation, <laughs> cartoons, animation. <laughs> I love cartoons. But yeah, again, there's so much to digest with this character alone. It's, it's, yeah. It's just, it's, it's a great. It's a great character. We're we're excited for the future for her. And we know there's a lot more stories to tell. Because there are. I mean, like we just talked about. Like, there's so much still to, like, find out. Like, again, that moment of her going back to Malachor. What did she do for all those years? Because that was, again, she goes back. <laughs> and she knows kind of what happens in the future. Like, right. Think about that. Like she knows events. So does, was she just like hanging out in a cave until like she knew the events occurred? Like it's it's crazy to me. Like just insane. So Andrew, any uh, last uh, last thoughts? Last anything you want to bring up with this uh, character? No, it's kind of hard not jumping into what we predict to happen. Um, we kind of want to stay away from that. So I am good. Yeah, no, this was a, a fun discussion about this character. We, again, we're huge fans of it, huge fans of her, huge fans of, again, future things that we will eventually be talking about. But again, we are not going to be talking about until the writers and actors are paid accordingly. So uh, moving forward again, we will, there's going to be, we, we got tons to talk about still, guys. Again, there's so many books and comics that we can talk about. More characters, one being Thrawn, that is one that Andrea and I are very looking forward to talking about 
we love our little our our angry boo man. We're excited. <laughs> We're excited to talk about him because he is a fascinating character. I would love to meet him for coffee. You know, the character or the guy that plays him, because <laughs> both the character, <laughs> the character. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be or fascinating. like to go to a museum together and have him like explain stuff to me and ask the me art. questions. Yeah, I lo- yeah. I, he's a fascinating character. He really is. And uh, was it is it Lars that plays him? I know it's one of the yeah Lars Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen. Yeah. Yep. He'd be fun just to talk about like his kind of thoughts on the character though too. Right. So anyway. Or Timothy Zahn. I mean Yeah, yeah, the author of the the, the guy that created Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, he'd be interesting to to talk about too, uh, regarding that character. So yeah, we got again, we got things in the works. We got tons that we can talk about still. So um keep coming back to us, kids. Uh we promise we'll have some fun discussions as we always do. All right, that's it. That's the show. I hope you guys enjoyed our fun little discussion. You can follow me, Loro Nose is the name, on all the major uh, social media, uh, Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, I guess. Whatever it's uh, called. Insta- Instagram, threads, blue sky, all that stuff. Uh, and then you can follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod. Again, on that bird app, not bird app anymore. Uh, also on Instagram and threads. Uh, we're again, all on, all on the major platforms, Apple pod play, Spotify, all the major stuff. And then Andrea, where can they follow you? Man, I'm only on the, the Twitters. I haven't, I haven't made a decision yet on what I'm going to do. And really, I just go on that stupid app to look at K-pop stuff. So that is your go-to stuff. That is my go-to. That's fair. So um at R2D two step on um, that stupid name. What a dumb name. What are you, a fifth grader naming a company? Jesus. X. Right. It's the logo is terrible. No, it is. It's awful. It's real bad. It's real what bad. What a loser. <laughs> That's a whole other <laughs> podcast we can do. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, may that force be with you. Always. Always. always.